Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right, and welcome to Lively Latin. And uh, today we're going to look at the last four or five prefixes in the Latin prefixes. Next week, we're going to review them all. Uh, so we'll review them next week just for the fun of it. And then the week after that, we're going to do the Greek, start Greek prefixes. And in order to do that, I'm also going to just teach you the Greek alphabet in Braille and in uh, to say it, to say the Greek alphabet, to sing the Greek alphabet, actually. Uh, and then we're going to do the Greek prefixes. So that's what we'll be doing next week. And that's not all we'll do. But that's, uh, that's something anyway. Uh, so today I want to look at the last uh, prefixes. And you know these pretty well. Sub is the first one. Sub meaning under, up from under. And it can be written sub or suff. And so suffer. Uh, if you suffer, you like bear it from under. I don't know. Suggest, believe it or not, comes from this. It even becomes S-U-G there. Support. Uh, if you support something, literally, you carry it from under. And sublet. You know, if you have an apartment and you don't want it, you want to have, you want to get rid of the lease, but they won't let you, so you rent it to someone else. Uh, I had to do that once. And then subway. A subway goes under the ground. You and of course, a submarine goes under the sea. And no one can say submarine without thinking of subs, you know, the sandwiches. They're shaped like a submarine. And that's why they call them submarines. Anyone think of any more? Uh, I don't see submarine here. Did you mean to have? No, it? no, no. I just thought of it. Okay. Yeah, it's not on the note. Anyone think of any others with sub? Subcontract. If you subcontract, you 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 take you know you're like one step away from contracting it. So, a uh, subflooring, your subflooring is that rough floor under your floor. Right. What about a subpoena? Yep, yep, yep. Subpoena under punishment. So right. if you don't appear, yeah, it, it's spelled uh, under. What about subservient? Yes, subservient. You serve under someone, like you're under them. Subdivide. Uh, so subdivide. Yeah. Yeah. So all those are sub. So good. Good. You all thinking some I didn't think of. Uh, very good. All right. Super. Uh, this one, everybody uses this one. And this one also. Wait a minute. Uh, subterranean. Subterranean. Under oh, the yeah. ground. Because that's the word. That whole word is. Yeah. There's more Latin. Latin than, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. Terranian under the ground. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, super. And this also can be a French one too, uh, Chanel and uh, Cindy written sur. In French, sometimes it's written sur, and that means on top of or above. And super, of course, means over or above. And we get superfluous. Something that is superfluous is not necessary. It's above what you really need. Uh, super abundant, more than abundant. Uh, surmount means 
you you climb above your difficulties. Of course, Superman. Superb. Superb. That's one. It's it's better than good. I don't know what the. Uh, I wonder if the herb part of that has to do with the city with the word for city. So like it's above the city even, but I don't know that for sure. Um, um, uh, Superman is <laughs> above a man. And I guess a supermarket, when they first came out, they were considered much better than a market, you know, really had everything. Just like a super Walmart is in addition to a regular Walmart. So or super, super human, superhuman, above human. More than human. <laughs> oh, that describes you, huh? <laughs> no, I remember that McDonald's had super size. I think yep. it was. Yep, okay. they did. That means me, you know, b- bigger, bigger than than normal, bigger than the normal size. I guess we could say. And, and then, what they, about superior? Uh, yep, huh? su- superior, meaning oh. higher or uh, greater. Super- higher super- or bigger? Because huh? like Lake Superior is like, I mean, it would be bigger than the other lakes, right? Yep, yep, that's right. Superfluous. Yep. yep. Supreme would be the top. That's be the best there yeah, is. Like Supreme would be the top, right? That's the that's actually the that's actually the superlative of superior in Latin. Superior is higher. Supremus is the highest, and that's so that comes right from Latin. Yeah. Superfluous. Superfluous, greater than necessary. Yeah. Okay. So good. So you can think of a lot of them. Trons. Uh, trans or tra means through or across, and we get a lot of them. Transfer, meaning you take across, really. So, for example, if you transfer from one bus to another, you, you go across to the other bus or whatever. Transmit, you send across. So, like, if you hear a transmission, a radio transmission, or if you transmit something, you send it from one place to another. Send it across. Translate. You take across the trans. The late is a part of the same root as fur. They're both from the same Latin root, and so it means to take across. So if you translate, you take it across from one language to the other. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm sure there are a lot of others. Transform. You change the shape. Transaction. Transaction. You act literally act across. Yeah. So what is Translucent would be like you see through it. You yes, see. indeed, Beth, it would. You see through it. Yes, it would. Mm-hmm. Very good. Transparent. Uh, transparent means it appears across, so you can see through it also, similar to translucent. Um, we can't forget transgender. That's what the tra- word is. A- oh, across no. genders. Across genders. Right. Yes. Yes. They're saying it. They're using it. They're using it today. You're right. That's exactly right. Any others? Transit to go across. Transom in a building, those old buildings, they had the little windows above the door that you could open to let air through, and they were called transoms across to let the to let breeze in or whatever. Uh, transcribe. Transcribe to write across. So, like, if you and it means it, it changed the format. So, if you transcribe something into Braille, that's a different format than print. 
So yes. So a lot of a lot of them you can think of. Ultra. Ultra means extremely. And so you have links like ultra fashionable, meaning really fashionable. Uh, uh, ultra conservative, very conservative, extremely conservative. I couldn't think of any others, but I'm sure there are. Uh, what about ultraviolet? Ultraviolet. Okay, that's more than violet, I guess, but higher than violet. Right, and infrared, ultraviolet and infrared. I, I know those two. Light. Okay. okay. Any others? Ultra modern. Ultra modern, meaning very modern. Yeah. Any others? Okay. Well, notice them again as you live and breathe and go about your daily life. Notice these. You'll see some of them. Un oh, what about the word subscription? And you were talking about subs, sub stuff. Yes, that's a good one. Subscri so if you subscribe to a newspaper or to a magazine, you actually underwrite it. Okay, because the scribe is right. You actually underwrite its cost. In other words, you're helping to support it in a way. Uh, and subscription would be the noun form of subscribe. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I have a question mm -hmm. um, from the, the verb, I mean, the, the word scribe we're talking about. Does that come from um, scriptum or something like that? It's yes. It's the, the verb. The, uh, the scriptum is the participial form. So that would be like written, whereas the scribe part would be like the regular verb part, write to write. Yes. Okay. So that's why, like you say, post scriptum. Remember last, was it last week we had post scriptum? That's how they used to write PS. That's what PS really stands for. Post scriptum, meaning after being written or after having been written. So it's from scribo, right? Yeah, it's from the same root word to write. It's just the participle form. It's the ED form of the verb, you might say. Un or uni, meaning one. And I think everybody knows this one. Things like uniform. Uh, meaning one shape, um, uh, unanimous, being of one mind, and uh, unilateral, one-sided. Universal. Universal. Um, that one's a little hard. Turning in, one in the same direction or something like that. One that you're pretty familiar with, unidirectional. Unidirectional. I have a hearing aid that has a unidirectional setting. It means it puts it in one direction as, as opposed to omnidirectional, meaning all directions. Or unicorn. Hey, unicorn and unicorn. Unicorn. Remember we talked about that on Playtime one week. Yeah. Unicorn having one. Yeah. Horn. Having one horn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A one horned animal. And uniform means what, like, Having everything like the same? Yes, one shape. The form, the word the form means shape, really. And of course, if you have uniforms, everybody looks the same. Everybody, you know, looks the same. So when I was younger in first grade, we had these cubes. This is how they taught me my uh ones, fives, tens, and hundreds. Um, they were called unifix cubes. Does anybody remember those little square cubes that hooked together? Hmm. No. 
We had cube <laughs> slates. We had the, we had what they called cube slates. I don't know if anybody. Oh yeah, those. I had one of those. Yeah, they used to use them in in math. Now I don't know if you guys can do this. I should have put this in your notes, and I used to do this. <coughs> I thought we should look at last week's exercises that we did for homework, just in case anybody did your homework. So I want to look for a minute at unit at the notes for lesson 20, the exercises, if you have those. And we'll go over a few of these. We might not go over every one, and I'll send you the answers to whatever we don't go over. Uh, but this was a complete review of verbs here that we had. And we had to write uh, these verbs in Latin. So how would you write, he is coming? Do you know? Oh, did Carla, is Carla here yet? No. Okay. I, I was watching for. Okay. How do we say he is coming? Does anyone remember? I can, I can send these answers and you can look at these. Uh, you know, you can uh, look at these Venet. as you. Yes. Venet. Yes, it is. Venet. Venet. Or Venet. Venet. Actually, you pronounce Venet. it. Well, Venet in classical Latin, Venet in Catholic Latin. All right. How about he is afraid? I forget. Timet. Timet. T-I-M-E-T. Yes. How about she is standing? I made a mistake on that word. Where? S-T-A-N-D-I-I-N-G is what I have. Well. Maybe I corrected on the your version. Start. Yes, stat is correct. S-T-A-T. How about does she know? Yeah. Now, did this confuse you? How do we ask a question in Latin like that? Do you remember? Nay. We put a nay, nay on the end of the word. It's like a question mark at the beginning of the sentence. It goes on the first word of the sentence. So in this case, it'll be skitne. S-C-I-T-N-E. Skitne. How about he grabs? Rop it. Rop it. Yeah, R-A-P-I-T. All right, we. Remember, we's going to end in M-U-S. Oh, you know what? We didn't sing our verb song yet, did we? We didn't sing our verb mm -hmm. song. We should, we should sing our verb song this just to get everybody limbered up here. And what I think you can do, you can sing along with me, but mute so you won't you know, so you won't bomb everybody on Zoom with your voices. Um, let's see if we can sing this verb song. Remember, it goes, first conjugation has A-R-E. Remember that? We start with the infinitive. And then we go E-R-E -E and so forth. So first conjugation has A-R-E. Second conjugation has long E-R-E. -E. Third conjugation has E-R-E. -E. Third I-O has E-R-E. -E. And fourth conjugation has I-R-E. -E. Remember that much? Let's do it again. First conjugation has A-R-E. Second conjugation has long E-R-E. -E. Third conjugation has E-R-E. -E. Third I-O has E-R-E. -E. And fourth conjugation has I-R-E. -E. First conjugation has just O. Second conjugation has E-O. Third conjugation has just O. Third I-O and fourth you know. They both end in I-O. First conjugation has A-S. Second conjugation has E-S. Third conjugation has I-S. Third I-O and fourth you can guess. They both end in I-S. 
first conjugation has AT, second conjugation has ET, third conjugation has IT, third IO, and fourth you can see, they both end in IT. First conjugation has AMUS, second conjugation has EMUS, third conjugation has IMUS, third IO, and fourth you can guess, they both end in IMUS. First conjugation has a TIS, second conjugation has a TIS, third conjugation has a TIS, third IO, and fourth, oh yes, they both end in ITIS. First conjugation has ANT, second conjugation has ENT, third conjugation has UNT, third IO, and fourth, you can see, they both end in IUNT. There we go. That should be your number one hit this week because you can really learn your verbs. Um, <laughs> If you know that mm -hmm. song, really learn your verbs. If you know that song. All right. So how do we say we are punishing? Mm. Anyone remember what's a verb to punish? Punimus. Yes, punio oh. is to punish. So punimus. Punimus. How about we place? It's almost like punimus, but not quite. By the way, P-U-N-I-M-U-S is what we mean. How about we place? Ponemus. Oh, no. No. How do you spell that? P-O-N-E-M-U-S. No, P-O-N-I-M-U-S. Ponemus, because it's third third conjugation. Oh, wait, you said it's almost the same, but not the same. What's It's almost the same, except that it's punemus instead of ponemus, or ponemus instead of punemus. Oh, that's what you okay. That's what I meant. Yeah. How about we how about we bind? We bind. Proximus? No. Yeah. Obligamus. Oh. Oh. Obligamus. What did you say, uh, Moosey? I thought it was from oh, yeah. to make, to do. No, no, no. That would be to do or to make. This is to right. bind. Okay. Now, we we fortify. Moonimus. Moonimus. We do not bite. <laughs> That's a funny one. We do not bite. Oh, I missed the not. No more demos. No more demos. Very good. And we are remaining. Well, where was the not? Known. Known more demos. Oh. Known. And we remain. My name is. My name is. You plural are washing. Lawatis. By the way, notice that these verbs, lawatis, can mean you wash, you are washing, you do wash. It can have all those meanings. All right, how about are you throwing? That's a question again, so we have to do what? Nay. Yep, we put nay, nay at the end. Yakatis. Yakatis nay. Yakatis nay. Yakatis nay. How about you make? There we go. Fuck. There you go. Yep. Focketis. Now you Focket. can either say you can eat. No, focketis notice can mean you make, you are making, you do make. It can mean all those three things. How about you are leading? Ficatus. 
No. <laughs> Sorry, no. Duco, 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 Duco. You said Duke That means it's third conjugation. So Dukitis. D U C I T I. Oh, 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 okay. okay. Um, I you thought you said. I'm sorry. You said, "Are you leading?" I thought you said, "Are you leaving?" And I couldn't. What's the word to leave? Duco. Duco. Okay. Uh, where we get things like duct and conduct and conductor and. Are you asking? What'd you say, now? Was she asking leave or lead? Lead, I think she said. Lead. Right, right. Thank yeah. you. You singular are giving. Doctor. No, that would be plural. That das. would be plural. Das, either das or donas. You could have put either word. Um, mm. You are sleeping. Dormir. Dormir. Yep. Dor D O R M. What, Beth? I would say I R. Dormir. No. That would be to sleep. But how would we say you sleep? Remember what I ending? Have, yes. Uh, dormis. Dormis. D O R M I. Dormis. Yeah, that's right. Dormis. dormis. You desire. Yeah. Verb desire is cupio. so cupis, cupis. Do you believe? Here's another question. Credisness. Yes, indeed. Credisness. Credisness. That's it. You are running. Credisness. Chorus. Yep. You seize. Chorus. Yeah. You Coppice. seize. Coppice. All right. Now here's the tricky one. Because this is where you have to remember your IUNTs versus your UNTs versus your ENTs versus your ANTs. They drive. What was that? They drive. Don't know. The verb to drive is ago. Remember, it can mean all kinds of things. Drive, do, discuss, spend time, live life. Anyway, it's agunt, A-G-U-N-T. Okay. All right, they punish. Okay, the verb to punish is punio, punio punire, so puniunt. P-U-N-I-U-N-T. So it has to have that I because it has punio. They put. I put those two uh, verbs together again. Puniunt and. Puniunt. Ponunt. Puniunt and ponunt. Ponunt doesn't take the I because it's regular third. They think. Mm -mm. They think. On. Um, Pienza? No. No, that's a good one, though, but that sounds like Spanish, doesn't it? Putant. P U T A N T. Or you could have credunt for that, too. Putant or credunt. Credunt means more they believe, but uh, you could use Oh, they believe, one. yeah. Mm -hmm. They see. 
We're done. Um, yep. They find. In um, Winnie and they punish. Oh, we already did that one. Puniunt. That's one your stupid teacher put in twice. Um, they see. They sleep. Sentient. No. Dormios to sleep. Dormant. Dormiunt. Dormiunt. D o r m i u n t. They kill. Dormiunt. They kill. They kill. Nekant. Nekant, and they receive. Akipian. Akipian. That's hard. That's a hard exercise right there. Now, I'm just going to have that one in there. I don't have that one twice that you're saying. Oh, don't you? Uh, Maybe I fixed it in the notes. Uh, Because I was puzzled because when we got to, they put, I'm thinking, wait a minute, what happened here? Yeah, I guess I, I, um, I guess I fixed it. Now, the, the last one I'm not going to do because it's the first person of the verb anyway. So you can just look at your verbs and you'll see the answers to all those in number six. I thought we'd look at a few of these sentences. I'm not going to do every one of them today, but let's look at them. How about this number one? I state fratre et soror cum patre ad opidum when. Anybody know what that means? I state. What does I state mean? Um, it sounds like ice, doesn't it? I'll give you a hint. It sounds like ice, but it's the opposite. It means in summer. Um, Istate means in summer. In summer, um, frater at soror. Bro- the brother and sister. The brother and the sister. Cumpatre. With father. Yep. Ad yep. opidum winit. Went somewhere. <laughs> Come to the town. Autopidum to the town. All right. Probasne Sabini, Medicos Eloquentes. Probasne Sabini, Medicos Eloquentes. Sabini? I mean, uh, sab- Sabidi, excuse me. Probasne Sabidi, Medicos Eloquentes. Sabidi is a man's name. Remember, that's the vocative case. We directly address him. So, Sabidius, do you approve of talkative doctors? Do you approve of talkative doctors? Notice, by the way, if he wanted to say, yes, I do, he could say, itawero, means truly. Or he could just say, probo, I approve. Or non probo, I don't approve. Or minime, by no means, no. I don't. So you could use any of those ways of, of answering that question. Are they in one of these lists somewhere? Uh, they're scattered. So maybe I should write them as, uh, maybe I should write them in the, in the answer so you can see them if you wanted to. Puto ergo lupum lapide non petto. <laughs> this is sort of a stupid sentence. I think... I think, ergo, therefore, or. in other words, because I'm thinking, I don't do something. I don't attack a wolf with a stone. I don't want to get bitten. 
I think. Therefore, I don't attack a wolf with a stone. <laughs> All right. Number four, tied a quintus amat et ad parentes tied a duke. You have to be careful about your cases in this sense. Who is the nominative? Is it Tida or Quintus? Quintus. Yep, that's the subject. So Quintus what? Quintus what? Quintus Tida, Quintus Amat. That's right from your poem from last week. He, he, Quintus loves Tice. Yeah. Okay. Quintus loves Tice. And what does he do? He leads her to his parents. In other words, to introduce her to him, to him, maybe. Okay. Quintus loves Tice and he leads Tice to his parents. All right, five. Pueri Pueri Stolti, Serpente Puelas Terent, said um, Serpens Pueros in Manu Mordet. Mm. That's a pretty good sentence. Pueri Stolti. What, are, what does Stolti mean? Mm. We had that in our reading the other week. Remember, Marky, I called her brother Stolte. Oh, I was thinking mm -hmm. it said Malti. No, Stolti. <laughs> so what? Stupid boys, the foolish boys, Stoltus means foolish. St if something stultifies you, it mm. means it makes you almost, it mm -hmm. makes you, it, it makes you almost foolish you're so bored with uh -huh. the idea. all right mm -hmm. so stupid boys do what Terrent scare girls scare girls uh, with a snake with a snake, snake. stupid boys mm, scare yeah. girls with the snake with a snake but what said serpains pueros and manu morde the snake bites mm, but the snake bites them Bites, the, bites boys the boys in the hand on their yeah. hand. Yeah. Okay. That's a, my dad did that to my mother. Uh, they were on their date and he said, honey, open the glove compartment. I got a, a glass in there, a jug in there or something. She opened it up and the snake was in there and came out and uh, he had to, he had to really, uh, she was out of that car. <laughs> he had to stop and get her back in and get the snake back. She was gone. Um, <laughs> wonder they got together, but they did. Canes furem manu rapion et furem magna we mordent. Now, magna we means with great strength. Magna we. So, canes furem manu rapion. What's a furem? The. Canes is your subject. The dogs. No. Dog, yeah, the, the dogs the dog bites furiously, something like that. Yep. The dog grabs the thief by the hand and bites the thief with great strength. Okay. Yeah. One more, two more. Wait a minute. The dog, the dog. The dogs grab the, the dogs. Grab yeah, that's the, what I thought. Okay. The dogs grab the thief by the hand and bite the thief with great strength. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one. Publius equos amat et equum suum habere cupid. 
Publius is that guy in our story, the young boy in our story. He does right. what? He likes Publius, horses. He loves horses. And Cupid. He wants Habere. To have. He wants to have his own horse. Yeah. And we have one more. Die Constituta. Remember, that's one of those expressions you should learn because you see it all the time. On the on an appoint on the appointed day. That what that means. On the appointed day, Agricoli Weenum always tauros at wakas in equoponent et ad opidum ducum. Okay, so what do they do? The farmers. Yep. All right, they do cunt. I mean, they ponent. They put weenum, sheep, owes, bulls, tauros, at wakas, cows, on a horse. I hope not the same horse. And lead them to the town. Or take them to the town. There we go. Wait a minute. They put, they do, say that again. They put them on the horse and take them to the town. The Probably, I, I really should. I really should have used the word for cart. That would be a much better way to take them to town. I thought I'm it sure. meant. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm what? just a little confused. I'll deal with it later. What did you think it meant? No, go well, ahead and say because someone else might be confused. You could. You. They put all these things on a horse. On a horse. Well, I should have really said on horses, I guess, but I didn't. Uh, they couldn't put them all on one horse, probably. No, they probably couldn't. <laughs> they, See, I thought they put, I thought you meant they put the wine on the horse and the rest of them they led to town. I was no, thinking more the like they tied it to a horse. Yeah, they tied them to the horse. That's what I had in my mind. Um, uh, you can see that I'm, uh, my Latin book is not being written real fast because uh, <laughs> it just takes a little bit to think of these sentences sometimes. All right, now back to lesson 21. I want to do a little bit, uh, I want to talk a bit about the dative case. We're almost done with cases. We got two more cases. Now we have the nominative, the accusative, and the ablative. Remember those? Now we have the dative case. Did Carla ever come in, by the way? No. Okay. I don't think so. Dative case. Okay. The dative no, case. she did not, Gary. Okay. Sorry, Thank I you. was muted. That's all right, Cindy. The dative case means two or four. Something, two or four something. And if you remember that, you'll always be fine with the dative case. That's really what it means. It's used for the indirect object, and it has some other uses as well. But uh, to make it, all you do is, if it's a first declension word, make it like you did the nominative plural. That is, add an E to the A. Remember, first declension always ends in A. Add an E, and to make the plural, drop the A-E and add an I-S, like the ablative plural. So the dative and ablative plural are always the same. So if you know the ablative plural, you know the dative plural in every declension. Always. Okay. Uh, so you have I, is is the endings. Second declension, the dative is exactly like the ablative, singular and plural. O, take off the U-S and add an O, take off the U-S and add I-S. So O, I-S. And the third declension, it's take make your accusative and take off your E-M and add an I. So it builds on that accusative stem. And for the plural, it's like the ablative plural, ibis. 
Fourth and fifth declension, I'm not going to worry about right now because you're almost never going to see them. And you'll probably never see them in this class. Uh, but anyway, the dative can be as the direct object. And I give you an example of that. It can also be used with adjectives like to say near to someone, friendly to someone, favorable to someone, etc. And it also can be used with special verbs. There are some verbs in Latin that take the dative instead of the accusative as their direct object. And you just have to learn which ones they are. Confido is one. Credo is one. Faweo is one. Ignosco is one. Impero is one. Nokeo. Nubo. Parco. Pareo. Persuadeo. Placeo. Servio. And Studeo. I want to talk about Placeo a minute. Plakeo means to please or to be pleasing to someone. And the reason I want to talk about that, the future tense of that verb would be plakebo, P-L-A-C-E-B-O. And that's where we get our medical term, a placebo. What is a placebo? A sugar uh, pill. Right. It's a sugar pill. Right. It's a yeah, pill. Uh, because you think you're sick and you beg your doctor to give you medicine, he gives you medicine, but it really is not helping you or doing anything to you. It means I will please you. Mm -hmm. I will give you mm -hmm. something to please you. That's what, where you get that from. So that's a verb that takes the dative and studio to be eager for is where we get the word student because students are eager to learn, supposedly. <laughs> and so that's where we get that from. Now, to help us learn the dative, I got some basic sentences for us to do again. Uh, these basic sentences will show the dative. And the first one is Christmas time. Gloria in excelsis deo et in terra pax hominibus. Okay, that's right from the Vulgate. Gloria in excelsis. And by the way, when you sing this, you should say excelsis. Don't let anybody tell you it's eggshells. No eggshells. Excelsis. Gloria in excelsis deo et in terra pax hominibus. You have two datives in that sentence. You have hominibus, two men, and you have oh, deo, to God. To God. So to God. Two, two datives. To God. Yeah, glory to God. In the highest. In the highest, I think. Yeah, right. it is. That's exactly right. And on earth and peace on earth to men. Now, mm -hmm. here's a motto for you. Deo regi patriae. Deo regi patriae, meaning to God, God king, to country. country. Or for God, for king, for country. You could say it either way. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's a motto. Now, here's a cute little sentence. Asinus asino su sui pulcare. Asinus asino Susui pulcare. It means a donkey is beautiful to a donkey and a pig to a pig. <laughs> a donkey is beautiful to a donkey and a pig to a pig. <laughs> and that um, uh, that's a good example of the dative used with an adjective. Beautiful too. Okay. So asinus asino susui pulcare. We are. The word for pig is sus, notice. And I wonder if that's where they get calling pigs suey. You know, I don't know if that's why they do it. I don't know if that's why they do it. Maybe. Maybe. 
Here's a sentence from the Bible. Non potestis Deo servire et mammonai. Non potestis Deo servire et mammonai. Meaning you cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is a Hebrew word meaning money. Uh, and that word serweo is one of those words that take the date. If you can't be a slave to God and mammon and money. Okay, Gary, it's 20 yeah. out. Okay, thank you. Uh, You're welcome. This is a good class. Oh, thank you. It's uh, I love it. Now, here's another basic sentence is using the date of Nemo liber est qui corpore servit. No one is free who is a slave to his body. Now, think about that. I love, Ninette and I have been uh, really guilty of overeating here recently, and we bought these salted nuts. And we just <laughs> ate them and ate them and ate them and picked into them. You know, we were slaves to our body. We really weren't uh, free. And that's what he's trying to say here. Mm-hmm. No one is free who is a slave to his body. Mm. Uh, and here's a cute one. And this one's going to lead me into my story for the day. Mulier, qui Maltese nubit, Maltese non plaquet. Meaning, a woman who marries many people does not please many people. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if she did, she'd be married only once, right? A woman mm-hmm. who marries many people does not please many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, remind me in just a minute, I'm going to tell you a piece of scandalous gossip about Julius Caesar. So, <laughs> going along with this sentence about marriage. What if they think a man who marries many people pleases many people? <laughs> that's, a good que- that's a good question, and I can't answer that. Uh, the, by the way, the word for to get married, it's interesting. I was going to talk about this. There is a word, if you're, there's, there are two different words in Latin for to get married or to marry. One word is used for a woman marrying a man, and that's nubo. That's this word here. It means to take the veil for that is, you put on a veil for him if you want to marry him. Um, the word that a man uses to marry a woman is a phrase. It's in matrimonium ducat. He leads her into matrimony. Mm. So it's a different word. So we say marry, and that's all. But the Romans had two different words for it. Mm. One more basic sentence, and then we'll talk about Julius Caesar a minute. Hodie mihi cross tibi. This is a phrase that they used to use on uh, tombstones. It means today for me, tomorrow for you. That is, I'm dead today, but you're going to be dead tomorrow. (laughs) So that's a a little inscription there for you. Let's just say these sentences one more time. Uh, You'll have to mute the same to yourself. Gloria in excelsis deo et in terra pax hominibus. Gloria. In excelsis Deo. Um, and in terra. And in terra. Minibus. Pox minibus. Deo regi patriae. Deo regi patriae. Asinus asino su sui pulcare. Asinus asino su sui pulcare. Asinus asino. The second Therefore, word you say the donkey is, is beautiful to a donkey you know. and a pig to a pig. <laughs> <That's laughs> <it. laughs> non potestis deo servire at mamona. You can't serve God and mammon. That's from Matthew. Non potest servire deo at mamona. 
Nemo liber est, we corpore servit. Nemo liber est, we corpore servit. No one is free who is a slave to his body. Mulier, quae multis nubit, multis non placet. And then, hodie mihi, cross tibit. Now, I thought I would... I thought I would tell you a little little story about Julius Caesar since we're talking about marriage. And if we don't get to do our mythology today, we'll do this instead because this is Roman history and it's what's that cross mean? Tomorrow. Oh, that's where we get procrastinate from. That's where we get the word procrastinate to put off until tomorrow. Yeah, good point. Well, the Romans had the same problem we have, especially in later times that they had a problem with divorce. There were, you know, quite a number of divorces. Some of the marriages were political marriages. And then when the people could, they divorced and remarried. And uh, I would say they probably had similar situation to what we had where people had many marriages and many families and that kind of thing. Well, Julius Caesar, I don't know if you know anything about him or not, but he had a wife when he first was young, a young man, he was married to this girl. Her name was, uh, I don't know what her, her, name. Name. Oh, Cornelia. her name was Cornelia, Cornelia, her name was, and see, she was the daughter of the Don, well, she was the daughter of the Donald Trump um, in the ancient world, really, he was a lot like Donald Trump, he was kind of conservative, he was, um, uh, you know, a lot of people were afraid of him because he could, in fact, he ended up conquering Rome later on, but um, uh, at the time, uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. It's the Donald Trump guy that wants Caesar to divorce this girl. This girl was married to to a, this. The Caesar was married to this girl Cornelia, and her, her father's name was Cinna. Um, that was his name. Her name was Cornelia, and the Donald Trump character was leading Rome at this time, and he didn't like this girl's father, so he wanted Caesar to divorce her, and Caesar refused. And he went into hiding and, and kind of went into secrecy and hid all around. And finally, the Donald Trump character said, all right, all right, I forgive you, but I can see that you're going to be a lot of trouble uh, to deal with in your time. And sure enough, I guess he was. Who, who is this guy you're talking about? Sulla. His name was Sulla. He's sort of a Donald Trump-like character, you might say. I mean, in that he was rich and in that he knew how to get things done, you might say. Um, now, so then Caesar married. I don't know what happened to that girl. I think she died, to tell you the truth. I don't know. I don't think he divorced her. I think she died. I think he loved, really loved her. Then he marries a woman named Pompeia. Uh, well, now this marriage was a little bit hot and heavy here. Pompeia uh, was having a love affair with another guy. She was having a love affair with a guy named Claudius. Claudius was another very wealthy guy, and she was having a love affair with him. But she was having trouble conducting this love affair because Julius Caesar's mother lived with them. And so she was keeping a pretty careful watch on her daughter-in-law to make sure she wasn't having an affair, but she was. Well, anyway, then Julius Caesar is what's called the Pontifex Maximus, meaning he's the head priest in Rome. And so whenever there was any kind of religious activity, he was kind of in charge of it, you might say. 
he at least was in charge of making sure that it happened. Uh, and so a festival came up called the Festival of the Good Goddess. Now, this festival had to be celebrated at the high priest's home, but the high priest couldn't be there, the, the Pontifex Maximus. Caesar could not be there because this festival was only for women. All the women in Rome came together, came to the high priest's house, and celebrated this festival. By the way, we do not have any idea what they did at this festival. We don't know. It's it's called a mystery, and we don't know what they did. It never they don't they weren't allowed to tell what they. It did. was a Tupperware party. It was a Tupperware. It was a great big Tupperware. <laughs> except it had a religious name to it. I mean, they were supposed to be worshiping the good goddess uh, there. Well, Caesar's wife thought it would be the biggest joke in the world if she could smuggle her lover into this festival for all women, and if they could have a love affair right there during the festival, and nobody would even know. And that's what she decided she was going to do. So they make plans and they dress this guy up. That's her lover. They dress him all up like a woman and they smuggle him into the, 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 the festival. And he's in there and there's a slave who knows what's going on. And so she hurries off to get uh, Pompeia, Julius Caesar's wife. She goes and gets her here. He's here. He's here. Get him, you know, take him wherever you want him to go. Well, meanwhile, Another person comes up to him thinking he's a woman and says, would you like to play? Now, we don't know what they played. Hmm. Well, of course, he kind of draws back because he don't want to get into that. And he draws back and he probably goes, oh, well, thank you very much. No, no, I don't want to. Well, suddenly she realizes this is a man. It's not a woman. And so hmm. she shrieks and says, a man, a man, a man is in here and gets everybody all upset. You can imagine what that would have been like a whole group that thinks only women are in there. And suddenly it's a man in there and they all get shrieking and screaming and running out. Well, of course, it's much more serious than that because a festival has been profaned. It would be, well, there's almost nothing similar to it. It would be like, um, I don't know. It would be like killing a, an animal in your church or something. It would be a, considered a very awful mm -hmm. thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so the festival is all messed up. It's a very serious charge because the, um, the, uh, you know, the festival has been ruined. And if something bad happens to Rome, it's that person's fault. Mm -hmm. And so they think someone recognizes the guy. They believe that it's Claudius. So they bring Claudius up on trial for ruining the festival. Well, Claudius says, I wasn't even in Rome at the time. I was way off. And he pays a whole bunch of people to say they saw him in another place. Mm. Uh, and so there's a trial. And Claudius is able, because he's a wealthy man, he's able to bribe the jury to acquit him from the trial. However, there's one man that kind of blew it. And that is Cicero, because Cicero said, I saw him in Rome the night this happened. He wasn't mm -hmm. way off. He wasn't out of Rome. I saw him in Rome. And he keeps saying that. I saw him. I saw him. And uh, up until now, Claudius had loved Cicero. They had been, he had really admired him. He had admired him as a boy, you know, because Cicero was older, a little bit older. He had admired him like a boy might look up to a man. He really admired him. But after this, Cicero, every time he saw Claudius, he would rub it in and say, oh, well, you paid the jury to get you up, but you're really guilty. And I know it. And he, of course, when the trial was going on, he testified against Claudius. From that time on, Claudius will hate Cicero and will do everything he can to hurt him. And uh, in a few years, he will cause him to be exiled 
from Rome, from Italy. Claudius will never forget this, this situation and will do everything he can to hurt Cicero. Meanwhile, Caesar divorces his wife. He says, I don't know if she's guilty or not, but Caesar's wife must be beyond reproach. And that's where that expression comes from, by the way. Caesar's wife must be beyond reproach. By the way, by the way, don't think Caesar was such a great guy either. Someone said about him, he was the wife of every woman and the husband of every man. So he had his own, uh, he had his own yeah. situation. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Moosey, I'm, you're, met, you're muted or something. Say that again. No, no, no she just sound with I, I thought the expression was Caesar's wife must be above suspicion. Well, that's the same thing. Beyond reproach, that would mean the same thing. Right. It probably depends on your translation. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would mean exactly the same thing. But now, then Caesar marries a third woman whose name is Calpurnia. And that's the woman he was married to when he gets assassinated. So evidently they had a pretty good marriage. Um, he did have one daughter whose name was Julia. And I don't, I think she may have, I think she was his first wife's daughter, the one that died. She's the one later that was married to Pompey the great. And they loved her. Both Caesar and Pompey were very much in love, were, you know, loved her greatly. And as long as she was alive, the two men got along fine. But when she died, after that, Pompey and Caesar were never friends again, never trusted each other, and then ended up fighting a civil war against each other. So anyway, I thought you'd enjoy that little scandalous story because uh, it is kind of a scandal. And since we're talking about marriage and women and that kind of thing. Um, Gary, I thought I heard a yeah, I thought I heard a story about Julia that um, her father had wanted her to be like other women, and so she was taught to spin and weave. And then she was um, bragging about all these lovers that she had, and then her father um, um, denounced her publicly. Uh, that was a she was different to live on the island. Yes, that oh, okay. was a different Julia. Now that that Julia was Augustus's Julia. Augustus okay, Caesar bad. had a daughter named Julia, and yes, she, he wanted he was trying to pass laws to make people be moral and be good and all. And his daughter would slip around behind his back, and she would go to the statue where he would, you know, to the part of the Senate where he made these laws. And right there, she'd make love with somebody in the night when he wasn't there, like to flaunt him. And there's a real comical scene in I Claudius, which you know probably didn't happen, but it's a funny scene. Caesar calls all these guys in and says, or Augustus calls all these guys in and says, did you sleep with my daughter? And one of them says, uh, not slept. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, they, he asks all these guys, have you slept with my daughter? Have you slept with my daughter? And then he goes outside and in the top of his voice, he yells, is there no one in Rome who has not slept with my daughter? <laughs> and he, 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 he banishes her. He banishes her to, uh, to the island of Capri, I think, and, and she stays there the rest of her life. And he never lets her come back into Rome. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. Uh, that was quite a, quite a situation. Uh, actually, I always felt sorry for, you know, Tiberius is the emperor who comes after Augustus. 
And Tiberius is kind of a gloomy old man, but I feel sort of sorry for him because he was married to a woman that he really loved. And when Caesar adopted him as his son, Augustus adopted him, he made him marry his daughter and his daughter cheated on him something awful. Uh, so I always thought Tiberius got a really bum deal with that. Maybe that's why he was so morose later on in life. Um, Wasn't, didn't Caesar have something also to do with Cleopatra? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, Cleopatra was, of course, a queen of Egypt, and she wanted to get in to see Julius Caesar, but she couldn't get in to see him because his his uh, his uh, servants and all wouldn't let her in. So she had herself wrapped up in a rug and carried in to him as a rug. And then all of a sudden, here here he gets this rug, and all of a sudden, yep, this woman unrolls her <laughs> rug, and, there she is. and that must have been something because Cleopatra was supposed to be a rather large woman. Uh, <laughs> In those days, they thought large women were very pretty. I mean, were you know attractive. I I still think that. But anyway, um, uh, so yeah. So imagine that you bring a, someone brings a rug into your house and whoop, a woman comes out of it, and that's how she and Caesar kind of got together and they had an affair and she had a child by Julius Caesar. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, she did. And then she gets going with Mark Antony and they have two children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Mark Antony ends up getting defeated by Augustus, and Augustus lets Mark Antony's children live, but he makes sure that Caesar's child is killed because he doesn't want any rivals to the throne. So, Cindy, oh, what time Lord. is it? Okay, I was muted. It is, you have two minutes and 25 seconds. Oh, good. Okay, so I'm about done. I hope you all enjoyed this Roman history today a little bit. We didn't do mythology, but yeah. we did a little Roman history. So, uh, <laughs> kind of interesting. Uh, kind of we interesting. did. I did. Well, anyway, uh, please look at your exercises. Okay, for your two case. minutes. Please look at your exercises. Do them uh, this week. And next week, we'll come back with the Greek alphabet.